Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Janice, we're in downtown Chattanooga today, so you're going to hear cars and traffic and a little of everything. We came here, though, today because of a building in behind we're going to talk about in a moment. Our guest is Mike Jenny, and it is good to have you with us. But before you start, I want to read a text that I think maybe typifies some of your journey. It's found in Psalms 32, verse 8. It says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. And Mikey, if I can call you Mikey, is that okay? Yes, perfectly fine. <laughs> I, uh, I think maybe that was a little of your journey. Yes. But I look at this journey, I've got to ask you, for the folks at home, I see what appears to be big holes in your ears and, and tats. Would you explain a little bit? He's got part of his journey. You That's know, right, as a road you can map see the right journey there. just looking at me. Um, well, my parents did their best to raise me in a Christian environment. You know, they, they were Baptists and they grew up in the Christian church and went through the Christian schools and all that. But uh, somewhere along the way, I got interested in some of this darker stuff. And that's why I have the piercings and the tattoos and went into that world for a little and bit. that building behind us with the very interesting artwork, uh, it has a slogan on there. Without my glasses, I have a dream or I had a dream. Um, yeah, yeah. And I understand that that was part of your journey. It really was. I had a dream to be big and famous, you know, whether that was at one point it was to be in a metal band. And then when I started performing over here, it was because of rap music. And that was where I was really seeing success. But it, when I tell my story, you'll see where God kind of opened my eyes and I had to change things. I had to change my path because of where he was leading me. You say you got into the darker things. Do you mind unpacking that just a little? We don't want to know all the gory details, but just so the audience kind of knows, you know, really the power of God to bring you from where you were to where you are now. Amen. Yeah, so my parents, you know, they'd, they'd put me in vacation Bible school and, and Awanas, which is, you know, like a little, it's like vacation Bible school, you know. And so I had the knowledge of who God was and that I was a sinner that needed a savior and that was Jesus Christ who came to earth and at age nine probably I remember my mom was inside transcribing the the sermon for that week and I thought that was boring so I was sitting in the car and at that moment that was like my age of accountability I, I just started realizing that I am a sinner who can't earn my way to, to heaven I need Jesus and that moment I invited Christ into my heart I even cried and when she came out I told my mom I, I accepted Christ had it been the best day of her life, you know, her son accepted Jesus Christ. And so we were going through some different churches. We, you know, my parents were raised Baptist, so we went to Baptist churches, but then we started seeing my cousin's church. It was a lot more rowdy. There was raising of hands and, and uh, shouting and dancing. And we were like, wow, God's moving here. So we started going to that church because 
it looked like things were happening there. And so I started going to youth group there, which was real rowdy. We were, people were mosh pitting for Jesus, you know, head banging for, for Christ. So it was, there was like Christian metal music and stuff like that. But at least I was surrounded by people who feared God, believed in God, were going on mission trips. And so I was in, I was around influences that were believers. But around age 12, I started having some real skeptical thoughts like, if God said, thou shalt not murder, why did, he, why did he murder the entire world with a flood, you know? And I would ask Christians these questions that seem real tough because I was a skeptic and I, I just, I, I was a truth seeker, honestly, from as far as I can remember. And Christians just didn't seem to have good answers for these tough questions that I would have. And I was really intrigued by the paranormal. And so I would, I was in a public school system and I would check out books in elementary school in the nonfiction section about ghosts and aliens and UFOs. And I would see photographs that's like, wow, this is a photograph of a ghost. This is a photograph of an alien. It wasn't fiction. It wasn't cartoons, you know? And so I was really intrigued by that. And that was the type of things that Christians didn't have good answers for me either. So I started to think, man, it seems like Christians are just really narrow-minded and ignorant. And if they don't understand it or it looks weird, well, it must be of the devil or it's wrong, you know? And I, I couldn't accept that. I was like, there's people who are playing with Ouija boards and they're getting information from the other side or whatever. So I just, about age 13, just kind of checked out from Christianity, even though I accepted Christ at nine and I had this zeal for a little while. I just, the Christians kind of dropped the ball on giving me the answers that I was looking for. Did you start into Ouija boards and some of that? Yeah, eventually I started getting into that stuff because media is very powerful and people want to believe that they're in control of their thoughts and all that, but corporations spend billions of dollars on a 15 second ad during the Super Bowl or whatever because it works. When they know when you drive by that billboard, you're going to want that Snicker bar or whatever. So I was watching things I wasn't supposed to watch. My parents actually tried to protect me from watching MTV and rated R movies and violent video games and stuff like that. But I started getting to the age where I could stay the night at people's houses. I could stay home when they went to the store. And that's the first thing I'd do. And I saw Marilyn Manson. You probably don't know who he is, but he, okay, you know who he is. He is basically the Ozzy Osbourne of my generation, and now it's like this stuff is mainstream. It's not even shocking anymore. But I have a picture. You want to see? Yeah. Kinda... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was very intrigued by this gentleman, Marilyn Manson, and he inspired me to look like this right here. That is you? Yes, that's me. That is dumb. Because I recognize you there, but I don't recognize you in the first place. I don't, I don't even recognize myself there. And as you can see, I'm wearing a pentagram. I have stockings on, makeup on. I'm wearing a skirt, actually, in this picture. That's what they used to talk about, walking around with tombstones in your eyes. Yeah. I mean, that was me. And so this guy, Marilyn Manson, just really impacted my life. I looked at him, and I was like, that's what I want to be. I don't know what it was, what the draw was, but we're all drawn to sin in different ways. And for me, it was something about that shocking, edgy thing that I wanted. And so then a movie came out called The Craft, and this was, it made witchcraft look very glamorous. It made it look very realistic. It didn't, it wasn't Harry Potter, Disney special effects. This made it look real. And so that intrigued me. And so I, so the internet was kind of new and I started going to these forums and finding out how do you cast spells and all this stuff. And I was just really drawn to that because like I said, 
the Christians didn't have the answers, but this looked like these people did have the answers. You know, I can tell you, Terry and I have filmed all over the world, and it is real. Yeah. We've, we've been in those places. We've seen those things happen. The devil and all he does is real. Right. Praise God, God has more power, but what you were getting into is real. Yeah, it is, and I'm, I'm so glad. I think that God actually had a little bit of a protection over me from seeing things because if I would have seen something that was really impressive to me, I would have been way down that road. But it seemed like anytime I would try to do it, touch a Ouija board or something, it just didn't work for me. But I was still attracted to that edgy, dark side of it. And so me and my friend, we formed a band that was very much like this music, and it was an industrial gothic band. And I just wanted I to ask you, yeah. do you know what industrial gothic band is? Actually, I do. Oh, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I read a lot, okay? <laughs> okay. It's, it's very dark metal music, basically, but industrial means it sounds like the instruments sound like banging pipes in a, in a warehouse or something. It's very, like, eclectic. And... I don't listen to it, but I know <laughs> what it is. All right, explain your way out of it now. Okay. But Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails, that's the genre they are. So we formed this two-man band, and I would do everything I could to be more shocking than him. This guy tears up the Bible on stage and throws it out to the audience and stuff. And so this guy being the former you, well, the, the Marilyn Manson, well, Manson. But I wanted to be more shocking than him, so I was writing songs that were blaspheming the crucifixion and everything. Because to me, it wasn't a reality to me. But I was like, what can I say that's going to get it? that's going to get a reaction out of people. What can I say that's going to shock the world? And so I was even making my bandmate uncomfortable with this stuff because we were living in a small town in Georgia. Most of the majority of the population at least claimed Christianity, whether their lifestyle reflected or not. You ask them, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven and all that. And so I was on this journey, and mainly I was plagued with the thoughts of what is this life all about? I mean, my mind was plagued with what does it matter if I become the world's biggest rock star, a rocket scientist, or a jailbird for my whole life? If the end result of this thing is just death and, and being gone, what, what is all this for? You know, to me, it, it's like it didn't matter what, what I lived for. And so I was plagued with this thought. And so I tried to have a more not so depressing outlook on it. I thought, well, I got one life to live. Let's have fun. So that meant drinking, smoking, fornicating, everything, just filling the desires of my flesh. And a lot of that happened at this club right behind you there. That's right. And so I was living that lifestyle for a long time, totally unfulfilled. The occult didn't bring fulfillment, didn't bring peace. Um, I knew I was just living this loop of escapism, like I'd wake up and, well, I'm sober again, I got to get drunk again. And so I was just living this lifestyle of escape. And then my parents got a divorce. I was probably 18 years old, and me and my, my father wanted to move back here to Chattanooga, away from South Georgia. But to me, that was just one more depressing thing in my life. And my cousin drove five hours to help us move. He had a pickup truck, and he drove five hours to, to load up his pickup truck, and I got stuck in the cab with him. When I say stuck, I don't mean like I didn't want to be there. I just mean like he had me for five hours. I loved my cousin. I looked up to my cousin. And while we were packing, I heard him sharing his testimony with my mother. I was like, wow, my cousin's a Christian. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. And he's sharing his testimony. And this was intriguing me. One thing, my mom, I always have to share my mom's testimony when I tell mine because she grew up in fear every day. She was 
raised in a church and in school that taught you, if you don't say this little prayer, you're gonna burn for eternity. It's never gonna end. And she had a, a student, a classmate that would come in that got burned in a house fire. And she said it just looked monstrous to her. And, and that girl would still have pains years later because the scars just hit the nerves and stuff. And my mom was terrified of fire. And so all her life she was told, if you don't say this prayer, you're gonna die and, and burn in hell forever. And so every single night from elementary school into her adulthood, she would lay down at night and she'd say, Lord, please come into my life and save me because I sure don't want to die and go to hell. And that was her full motivation for becoming a Christian was fear. And God gets no pleasure out of fear-based conversion. He wants us to come to him out of love. He's our creator. He gave us all this world and he gave us life. And he wants to experience true love from us, not and fear. And you can't love someone that you're afraid of. I know, and, and so in, in my mom's adulthood, she was just trying to find out, how can I get salvation? How can I have assurance? And so in this rowdy church that we started going to, she started being witnessed to by my cousin's parents. And so we started going up there like every day. She'd take my dad to work and we'd go up there and I thought it was a blast because I got to hang out with my cousins. But my, my uncle was witnessing to my mom and she just couldn't understand. How do I believe? How do I, how do I know this is real? And so one day before he left, before my mom left, he just kept reading scripture, 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 scripture. Can't get better than that, right? That's the best thing he could have done. And he read one verse and it was like, God stopped her right there. And she said, it sounded like my uncle tuned out like a radio in the background. And she said, what was that verse you just read about believe? He said, it's, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And that verse triggered something in my mom. She goes, I can believe, I can believe. And right then she accepted Christ out of love. It wasn't fear anymore. She had assurance of salvation. And that was her personal testimony. And when I was a kid, I got her a magnet that said, believe in all things are possible. You know, I knew that was her verse. And so while my cousin's sharing his testimony with my mom, she's sharing hers. And what was a joy for my mom to share her testimony would make my skin crawl. Every time she would have an opportunity to share a testimony, I'd be like, oh, here we go again, believing all things are possible. This was demonic forces inside of me that hated hearing the word of God. And I'd just want to leave the room. And to me, that shows the power of God's word, the power of testimonies that we will overcome with our testimonies. You know, no one could ever calculate the amount of sacrifice that went into the making of this great nation, the gains of so many because of the loss of the precious few. You know, as a child in school, I sang America the Beautiful, God bless America. We started every day by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. But a lot has changed. Biblical predictions are taking shape at an amazing pace. If you're about my age, you know that this is not the country we all grew up in. It, well, it seems like this nation is rushing toward a cliff with no possibility of return. When I became a Christian, I began studying biblical prophecy, last day events. I found a book called The Great Controversy that was amazing in its clarity. If you'd like a copy, log on to our website. To order your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. Click on the Store tab and order your copy today. 
But now you're riding in the truck with your cousin. You still look like that. I look like this. You yes. look just like that. And he, he that's your why he's trying. Your cousin had a real job on his hands. That's right. And he was willing to take it on. You know, for five hours, he was he was trying to reach me where where I was because he knew why I was rejecting God, why I was rejecting churchianity and all these things. And he's like, look, man, I just read the Bible. And and it's almost like that magic stuff you're into. Like I read it and I see things happen all around me. It's like I pray and I see miracles happen. And he was trying to reach me where I was and he did and intrigued me. And I was like, okay, I hate when people judge me for the way I look. I would have friends whose parents wouldn't let them hang out with me because of the way I looked. And I was like, don't judge a book by its cover. And yet I was judging God by the people who claim to represent them, by the pastors teaching false things, by the congregation that are living like hypocrites. And yet I never even read God's word for myself. And he was saying, just read the Bible. He's like, don't, don't judge God by all the churches, just read the Bible. And I was like, okay, I'm at like a rock bottom here. I've done everything else. So uh, I, we moved to Tennessee and I'm living with his sister and her husband. And, and my dad's with me and, and we're trying to get on our feet. We're trying to get jobs and all these things. And I wanted to work at this place called Hot Topic. I don't know if you ever heard about yes. it, but it's a, it's a store it's in the in mall. It's in every mall. Yeah, so every mall has this store and, and it used to be real gothic. Everything there looked like the stuff I was wearing. And, and the employees could wear piercings. They could dress just like this. There wasn't uniforms. And I, to me, wearing a uniform just felt fake to me and I didn't want to be like that. So I wanted this job. And I started reading the Bible, started in Genesis, and I was just mind blown. I was like, I've never heard this stuff before. I've heard Noah's Ark and, and the creation story and, you know, Daniel and Lions Den, but there's a lot more in here, you know? And it was like, it was an interesting book. I was like, this isn't dry and boring like I thought it was. So I was every day reading the Bible and my cousins who lived, that was their house, would walk by my room and see me read my Bible. And I started going to their church every week too because I was really seeking. I was at a point where I was truly seeking, God, if you're real, show me yourself in this book. And I was praying, if you're real, give me this job at Hot Topic. I want this job. And I, I filled out the application, turned it in, didn't hear anything back. I Xeroxed it 10 times and started going every day and giving it to them. And people were like, oh, you gotta call them. So I'd call them and that was just annoying them. What I didn't realize was you have to know somebody there to get that job. There's a lot of weirdos that wanna work there and so you have to know somebody because they don't want to hire somebody that might be a thief or something. And so I remember I had three different job applications or three different job interviews. And during the interview, near the end, the, the manager would say, you know, you can't wear all that stuff in your face, right? Because I had a, like nine piercings just in my head. And uh, I'd stand up and say, oh, I didn't know you discriminated against people with piercings. And I'd walk out. Like I was trying to be a pioneer for my kids. I don't want them to be discriminated against. I was trying to take this stand and start this movement. But my cousins finally had to have a talk with me and they said, look, we're helping you get on your feet and you're walking out of interviews. Your dad's got a job. Maybe these piercings are becoming an idol in your life. Maybe they knew I was seeking God and they're like, maybe you need to take them out. And I wasn't, I wasn't ready to receive that yet. I didn't, I'm trying to show you where God actually revealed himself to me. I was praying for this job at Hot Topic and I finally just said, okay, I gotta get a job wherever. And I got a job at this uh, barbecue restaurant and I, the lady saw the holes in my lip and she goes, oh, you got lip rings? I said, yeah, I gotta take them out, get a job, you know, working for the man. And she goes, oh, I understand. And she flipped out a, a septum piercing that she had flipped in her nostrils. And she was the assistant manager. She said, come back tomorrow. I wanna introduce you to my manager. And so I got the job because of that little connection. And then while I was talking to her, 
at work, I said I really wanted a job at Hot Topic, but she goes, my best friend's the manager over there. Wow, big coincidence, right? To me, I was like, I'm, I'm praying for this job at Hot Topic. I know you gotta know somebody to get the job, and I get this job that I don't want, and it just so happens that she's best friends with the manager there. God was orchestrating my whole life to guide me to answer my prayer before I had even prayed it. And that, to me, that was more impressive. I, I thought God was some magical genie. I, I'd say a prayer and open my eyes and there's a car manifested in front of me, but he's, he's working things out like a domino effect. And, and I gave God the glory for that. I was like, I put a, a post-it note on my mirror that said, thank you for the job, a hot topic. Thank you, Jesus. And to me, God really revealed himself to me when I was truly seeking. He says, seek and you will find, not read my Bible and try to debunk it and I'll prove myself to you. He doesn't have to prove himself to anyone. But I had a, a seeking heart, honestly seeking, and and he was meeting me where I was. Again, God's so personal. He knew that some people might think that's weird that God got your job at Hot Topic. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> but it was a stepping stone. And, and to me, that was what I needed at that moment for God to seem real to me. Amen. So you got the job at Hot Topics. What happened? I mean, you, you found Christ through all of this. You took off all the, the earrings and the plates and your ears, everything. Yeah, well, you know, I, God seemed real to me. I was like, I believe the Bible. I believe he answered my prayers, but I'm just not ready to become a Christian yet. To me, I was young and I was still having fun, I thought, you know. And, and to me, I was like, well, maybe on my deathbed, I'll give my life to God. What a selfish, you know, reason. But I was, I was overwhelmed with friends because I started working at Hot Topic. I started my own clothing line called Execute Clothing. It started getting really popular. Models from all over the world were wearing it, bands and, and rap groups and stuff. And then I was getting involved in music as well. So people were really looking up to me in a way. And I kind of became like this local celebrity. And so every day after when work was about to end, I'd have all these texts coming in, like go to this party, go to that party. But one night, Nobody was available. Everybody was out of town or hanging out with a girl or whatever. So I went home by myself and I just started watching TV. And, and during that, I felt like God was saying, why don't you pray? And I was like, okay. So I muted the TV. I said, I don't, I don't know what I'm praying about, but Lord help this friend, help that friend, anything I think about to pray about because I was really seeking and I felt God was talking to me. And during that prayer, I felt like God was saying, this is your moment to accept him, receive him. And I opened my eyes, I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for that. That must have been an, some other thought, that wasn't God. The moment I thought that, it was like this eye-opening reality, like a smack in the face, like, you're seeking for God and you believe I'm real. And when I say this is your moment, you're running, you're running from me. Right then I realized that I'm running from God at this point. He's saying, I said, I, I can believe that God exists, I can believe in the Bible, I can believe that prayer works. Why can't I believe that he's saving my life right now? It was that same word, believe, the same word that was for my mom. And I gave in. I said, Lord, come into my life and I receive you. And God showed me things that were personal to me. He showed me my mom sharing her testimony. If thou canst believe, I saw the magnet I gave her when I was a kid. And he even showed me this little scene of a game that I used to play where you press these buttons to make this dog say these words. And when you beat a level, he spins around and said, I just got to believe. And it was like, God is so cool and personal. And it... And it was just, I never felt God like that. And that night, there was like this battle between 
faith and fear. And I remember walking to my room and my legs would just tremble. And I was like, because my mind was thinking, what if all this is fake? And my whole body would tremble. And then I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's real. And it would instantly stop. Like God is the Prince of Peace and he can just take it away. And there was this battle going on. And so over the years, I was just trying to grow. It was a growing process. And I started finding little pieces of literature that got my interest. And I started studying the Bible for myself. And when I got into God's word, it wasn't some condemning pastor saying, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. It was God's word that convinced me I need to get married. I was living with my my girlfriend and we were like, we need to get married. And I had a a drug problem. Every day I was smoking and drinking weed. (laughs) I was smoking, (laughs) smoking weed and drinking beer every day. And And I was trying to cut back. And every time I'd say I'm gonna cut back, someone would show up at my house. Hey, I hadn't seen you in a long time or whatever. And New Year's 2013, I had to submit fully. I had to tell God, I cannot do it. Every time I fail, Lord, and I'm giving you permission to take this out of my life. A lot of people pray like, if you don't want me to drink, take the beer off the shelves. That's not gonna happen. We live in a fallen world. You have to submit to him and he's ready to take it, but he's not gonna take things out of your life that you're cherishing. And so I told him, Lord, you have permission to take this out of my life. I'm telling you, I woke up the next day without a single withdrawal. It was completely supernatural because I had withdrawals every day. And when I woke up, those piercings were out of my ears and I took it as a sign not to put them back in. So that's how (laughs) that all happened. It's no secret that the world is in a major mess. We are in a major mess. Even if you have escaped many of life's difficulties, most homes still struggle with daily living. So the question arises, is there hope for the future, for your future? I wanna tell you, there absolutely is hope. And that's why I'm asking you to order this free pamphlet, Is There Hope for the Future? You will be happy you did. It will change your life. Go to talkingdonkeyinternational.org today and order offer 105, Is There Hope for the Future? You know, no one could ever calculate the amount of sacrifice that went into the making of this great nation, the gains of so many because of the loss of the precious few. You know, as a child in school, I sang America the Beautiful, God bless America. We started every day by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. But a lot has changed. Biblical predictions are taking shape at an amazing pace. If you're about my age, you know that this is not the country we all grew up in. It it seems like this nation is rushing toward a cliff with no possibility of return. When I became a Christian, I began studying biblical prophecy, last day events. I found a book called The Great Controversy that was amazing in its clarity. If you'd like a copy, log on to our website. To order your free copy of The Great Controversy, Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. Click on the Store tab and order your copy today. We've only got about a minute, but can you speak to our audience, maybe young people that are watching this, what should they do? Look, I I looked at this. I I tried to look at the world with an open mind, and everything I looked at didn't bring hope or peace or joy. It all ultimately brought me back to Christ, back to the Bible. And when I actually gave him a true chance, I don't think everybody gives him a true chance. They just hear what they heard from church 
open God's word, read it, and with a seeking, honest, seeking heart, he will reveal himself to you through that word. And I truly believe that God's word is powerful and that he'll talk to you through it. That's why they call it his word. Amen. Janice, here's certainly someone who's tried everything and found the only thing that works is Jesus Christ. Well, because it's the only thing that really works. Amen. Folks, give it a chance. Give Jesus a chance. Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time.